I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to this uh, first Saturday after Thanksgiving. The holiday season has officially arrived and it's great to have you with us for another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. Of course, uh, Tim Hughes in the studios of Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City, and I'm happy to say joined again here in studio at Triad by Russ Smith from Sky Call. And I'm happy to say Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, as people listen to this on Saturday morning, it Ooh. will have already taken place, but we uh, are recording this program on Wednesday so everybody can have, you know, Thanksgiving with yeah. family. Most of you have all recovered by now, but now you got... Turkey sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully two days later, the uh, sleepiness from the uh, turkey consumption has passed. Do you and uh, – we were talking about this this morning on uh, Utah's Morning News, Amanda and I. Um, do, do you and Chris go out for Thanksgiving since the kids are everywhere, or do you cook at home? Here's the best answer. I don't know. Oh. Because now kids all go their own way. Yeah. We'd love to have them over, but they got plans. And – Friends have invited us over, but we're we're holding out. We got one friend that's going to come over and have Thanksgiving. There's going to be three of us. If there's not three of us, there'll be two of us. Yeah. But she bought the stuff, so we're having Thanksgiving. Right. Good for way. you. Yeah. Um, I thought the kids were supposed to start cooking for mom and dad at some point, but that hasn't it happened. Worked that at our way house for yet. a couple of years, <laughs> but then it wore off. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much work at their house. Yeah. They're, they're happy to come do it at yours. Uh, Navidomskis is actually in the car on his way up to do some skiing today, yeah. and I think rendezvousing with my wife, hopefully up there somewhere. Yeah, we're picking her up en route. All right. By the way, uh, tell the listeners it's actually really Wednesday that we haven't had Thanksgiving yet. But my turkey's been marinating since Friday. Who's coming to your so, house? Are, are the kids in town? Yeah, my boys are coming with their girlfriends, and then my sister shows up as well. Nice. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, well, that'll be a fun gathering. Um, this is not your first day of skiing, right? Nope, nope. This is uh, day two. I skied uh, last week one day. We had a, um, a day off of school because of uh, testing, and I took that day and Grab Gail and your wife, and we hit it, and we're hitting it again today. Yeah. Uh, since we are uh, recording on Wednesday this morning, we got a, a nice little brush-by storm. You said you had snow in your front yard. My guess is there's maybe an inch or so up at the resorts, which is much needed. We got off to a great start, kind of like last year, 
but it's uh, been dry for a little while, so it's nice to get some. And it looks like there's more coming Monday, Tuesday, next week. I hope so. Got to get rid of this high pressure. I, I looked out the window this morning. I got a new sauna out there, and there was snow on it. So I was like, yeah. People always think that, uh, or maybe they misunderstood what you said. You don't say sauna, you say sauna. Sauna. That is a Finnish thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Minka me sauna. Let's go to the sauna. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got a real Finnish sauna that was uh, delivered to me from, by way of Canada, from Finland. Mm. And I built it in the backyard. And uh, the, that's what we're going to be doing on the holidays every day. All right, but it's not up and running yet. Oh, yeah. We knocked it out last night. Oh, good for you. I got a, I got a big bucket with ice cold, well, the hose, and it's, it's connected to the boys' basketball hoop, so I just pull the, pull the rope and boom, a big bucket of cold water hits you. <laughs> That's funny. All right, uh, so the whole finish experience there in your backyard, which is great. The uh, As long as we're talking about skiing a second ago, I want to make sure that, and again, by the time people are listening to this on Saturday, it will have already taken place, but the new Snowbird Tram Cabins opened Friday uh, and are going to mark the first time in 51 years that skiers and riders can make their way up to Hidden Peak in brand new cabins up Very there, both nice. both the red and the blue. And they are gorgeous, by the way. I don't know if you've seen them. I guess if you haven't skied Snowbird, you haven't seen them yet. No, I haven't, but I've seen them on, you know, on the videos and the hype stuff that Snowbird sends me because I have a season pass, and, and yeah, I can't wait to get up there. But, you know, I use Snowbird until you can go off-piste. you got to have enough snow to cover the logs and the rocks. So I'm skiing Park City because they have the best groomers in the world. Yeah, that, that mountain does need a little more coverage than uh, some of the others. Speaking of other resorts, uh, I'm looking forward this morning. We're, I'm going to be talking with... And you'll already be on the hill, but I don't know that we made contact maybe once or twice last year with Emily Summers up at Deer Valley. They had a big announcement this week that because of the early snow, you know, Navi, they they traditionally don't open until the first weekend of December, but they're going to get things going this weekend. It's the earliest they've ever opened. I couldn't believe it when I saw that because they're usually, you count on them to be open on the 6th or the 7th of December, and they're going to do it in November for the first time. So going to be hitting you know, Deer Valley early. Actually, uh, not Solitude, Sundance also announced that they are opening uh, the earliest they have in a decade, or maybe it was longer than that, 10 or 20 years anyway. So they're going to get things going as well. So it's good news all around, at least for now, but we do need some more snow to uh, make its way here into Utah. I already had a conversation with Roger Egan from Bear River Lodge that I will share with everybody next half hour. He mentioned they got a little brush by from this snow, and he's already been out on the snowmobiles one time with a group of eight and said they uh, had uh, a good experience out there on a couple of feet of snow that had already accumulated. Uh, Faith Jolly's going to join us this morning, and it's the return of the sleigh rides at Hardware Ranch. They have been, you know, hung up. If it wasn't the pandemic, which was part of the problem, it was always the fact that there just wasn't enough snow out there. You know, they could use the wheeled uh, flatbed that they could get out there to feed the uh, elk with. How long has it been? It's been a while. Four or five years, hasn't it? Well, I I think they've had them since then. Maybe not for the sleighs themselves. I'm just talking about the sleighs. Yeah, Yeah. probably for the sleighs. It it might have been five years. We'll find out. Uh, But that is uh, back up and running at... um, Hardware Ranch, which is great news. We'll have a little Fish Bites with Navi that we'll share with you coming up. And I'm not sure what's on the mind of Mark and uh, Bob with our road tripping segment this morning. (laughs) 
That wasn't really the, a very good way to say <laughs> well, that. <wasn't>. We <laughs> all wonder <laughs> what's on Bob's mind today. But we'll look forward to doing a little road tripping with those two guys. And uh, then I wrapped up, and I just confirmed this a moment ago. We're in the mode of uh, skiing here, so I connected with uh, Jared Winkler from Brighton. They have something coming up next week that I thought was interesting. On Wednesdays, they're going to try and do something that, uh, what did they call it? A, um, oh, it's a chair, a chair as in uh, yeah. Yeah. lift chair, Navi. So they call it a charitable Wednesday. And every Wednesday, you can ski for 40 bucks. And part of the proceeds go to a certain charity. Oh, nice. So they're going to kick off the first of those coming up uh, next Wednesday, and we'll share that information with you. So lots of ground to cover over the next uh, couple of hours here on KSL. I don't know, and I guess you wouldn't have seen this because I just posted the picture. I shared it a little while ago, uh, a picture of uh, a guy that caught a gigantic goldfish. Look at that picture, Russell. <laughs> 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 seen anything like that in your That's life? That's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy can barely hold this thing up, Navi. Uh, a, a goldfish that uh, I don't know what the official weight was. I'll click in and see if I can get a reading. Uh, can you hear us, Navi? Hello, Navi. Yeah, I'm here. All All right. Right. You broke up a little bit. I got you. Anyway, uh, that gave me enough time to look into the story. This goldfish, quote-unquote, weighed 67 pounds. So that'll give you a little... Uh, mind's eye on what this thing might look like. Is that nothing more than just a big carp that's of a particular color? Well, I don't really like the way you preface carp with just. <laughs> because a fish is a fish. You know, we're not fish pickups. Yeah, carp is a carp. And by the way, those are wily species that are hard to catch. you got to be savvy to get those guys. And in Asia, that's eating food there. So, yeah, uh, goldfish is a carp. Koi, all of a carp right. family. And they're a whole lot of fun to catch, especially. Oh, I might be losing you as you get close to the canyons up there. Um, no, I'm good. Uh, all right. All right. Sorry to have disparaged the <laughs> carp. Yeah. Boy. I would have, didn't want to upset an By the there. way, the number one baseball team in Japan are the carp. Yeah, really? Huh? Yeah. What does that mascot look like? Uh, a carp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh while I'm thinking about it, two days ago was uh, the World Fisheries Day. So while we're talking about Happy Thanksgiving, Happy World Fisheries Day. Uh, that was a note from the Division of Wildlife Resources. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll have some news of the week for you. And then I'll share my conversation with Roger Eggett at Bear River Lodge. Coming up. Don't go away. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's uh, take just a few minutes here for... Uh, some news of the week. Next, uh, after we get you a news update on the half hour, Roger Egger will join us. We'll get an update on how that reunion cabin is coming along. It better be coming along because he has it rented for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Pressure's on. He's just a, he's a little anxious the last time I talked to him, and I'm curious uh, what, how much snow, if any, they got up there from uh, a Wednesday storm this week. 
couple of things on the calendar here I wanted to mention. I found this interesting, and I remember getting the press release. Uh, this must have been beginning of the week, and we obviously had already done the show for the week and yeah. didn't talk about it. But Utah Swan season closed right. 24 early. days yeah. early. Yeah, I saw that. 24 days, almost a full month, uh, because the federal quota of 20 trumpeter swans was met. Mm. And so, and that was uh, so that would have been the seventeenth, and then uh, starting on the eighteenth, hunters were prohibited from killing any swan in the state yeah. of Utah. So, I mean, we're a little late with that information, but I just found it uh, interesting that they met their quota as of uh, or, or uh, a month earlier right. than they had expected. I don't know if that means there were more hunters or hunters were more successful. I don't know. I I don't know how it ends up each year. I I do understand that. <clears throat> with the swans and some of the other game too, you've got to call in when you take one. Yeah. So they keep a very close count on that. Yeah. And they were concerned about populations, if yeah. you remember yeah. right, uh, in our earlier conversations about just the way the drought has impacted right. all of our fine feathered friends out there, not just uh, the, the swans this year, but they've always had limits on them. Speaking of uh, fine feathered friends, turkeys are also in the uh, conversation this week, not just because they're on your table, but I'm going to write, I'm getting ready to write a story about this. And here's my thought. As much as fly fishermen, we all love to catch fish, right? Right. We, We love a day of fishing, but it seems to mean more fly fishermen will tell you when you have matched the hatch, made the fly yourself, fooled the fish into biting, and then caught right, that fish, right. that there's more to it. I'm imagining the same is true for those that go out and harvest their own turkey right. and bring it home and then cook it and have it uh, taste yeah. great on yeah. the uh, you know on the dinner table. I'm just wondering how much better turkey would have been for Thanksgiving this year had you gone out and harvested it yourself. Would that make a difference to you? No. Um, it's, that's really a hard one to say because the farm-grown turkeys – are bigger and plumper and everything else. Yeah, they're bred you know. to be that but, way. Yeah, I know a lot of people shoot turkey. Yep. Um, we've got a fridge full of elk right now. Oh. I've got a son-in-law that likes to both shoot elk and recover uh, roadkill elk. Oh, my No, gosh, no, really? not at all. There's a science to it. I, I want to get him on sometime and talk about it. Right. It's He's in Montana, so they have regulations up there that right. allow that. And he knows whether to take them or not. He has all these indicators. And sometime we'll get him on and talk about that. I wouldn't mind that. talking about that, yeah. uh, but that is a Montana uh, law yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, the reason I brought up turkeys is that the spring limited entry turkey application period is coming up beginning December 13th. Yeah. You've got a little bit of time here, a couple of weeks, through December 27th. And if you want more information, you can go to the uh, website, uh, Divisional Wildlife, which is wildlife.utah.gov. And then uh, I think I already mentioned at the top. Oh, here's the other one I wanted to throw in here. We'll, we'll get Navidowskis back in. He's on his way up skiing and talk fishing in a minute. But I found this article interesting, so I shared it on our Facebook page from the Division of Wildlife Resources about what these hatcheries go through to make sure that the health of all of the fish that are planted. We talk about all of the fish that mm-hmm. are planted around the state as a standalone story. But think about the work that goes into making sure those fish are healthy yeah. and that they aren't you know, uh, planting diseases or problems in some of these waters. They said in the past year, more than 8,500 fish have been tested, 4,000 hours spent performing, monitoring, and reporting on that testing. 
The fish health professionals inspect for pathogens, viruses, bacteria, mm-hmm. parasites. They also look at other issues in water and feed quality as well as environmental problems. It's just one of those things that we never really talk about or think about. That was an eye-opener when we went up to Strawberry and went on. The, they went back out after the fish after they'd placed the gill nets yeah. and pulled fish up and inspected them when they came in. There is so much work that goes into that, and there's such an army of volunteers that help with it, too. And we never hear about that. No. Uh, we just uh, complain if we yeah, didn't catch yeah, we any fish complain. that day. <laughs> if, you know, why they're uh, planting yeah, a, a certain yeah. species in that particular body of water, whatever it is. We, we just like to complain. Oh, yeah. That's what social media has turned us into. It's too cold. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, we've got to take a break. Yeah. We, we have a news update on the half hour, and then Roger Eggett will join us next from Bear River Lodge and Tracks Power Sports. Speaking of needing some volunteers, he's looking, and he's willing to pay. He's looking for people to help him put together snowmobiles. He's still got like 40 of them in crates oh, and man. needs to get a bill to get them out to the uh, where they need to be. All right, that conversation is next. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.